Welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Mike Dodds, the director of CU Press here at Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. And today's guest is Dr. Thomas Ice, Tommy Ice, with the Pre-Trib Research Center. Uh, welcome, Tommy, to the conversation. Good to be here. Uh, for those that maybe don't know you and your organization, just give us a brief history, brief background of your organization. What do you do? Where well, do you come from? We were founded almost 30 years ago by Tim LaHaye and myself to teach, research, and <clears throat> defend pre-tribulational rapture doctrine and related Bible prophecy doctrines. Mm -hmm. Our board is Ed Heinsohn, me, uh, Randy Price, uh, Mark Hitchcock, uh, and uh, Andy Woods. Yeah, right. I've not met Andy, but I've seen a lot of mm. his stuff, too. Now, on your website, what do you have there? There's not only articles, thousands of articles from a long period of time, this whole 30 years mm -hmm. that you've done. Um, are there recordings as well that people can see? Yeah, on our website, we have, as you say, probably a couple thousand mm. uh, articles and things. Uh, I know I have eight or nine hundred myself yeah. and uh, from the articles I've written over the years, but all of most of these are presentations that people have given right. and just about anybody who's everybody has come over the years and and pre presented uh, things mm -hmm. and we have a video. For example, we had a debate on the date of the Book of Revelation. Mark Hitchcock had right. written his right. doctoral dissertation on that and Hank Hennegraff came and got slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, because if that if that's true, when it was written in 1895, that that renders preterism, for example, mm -hmm. an impossible possibility. Mm -hmm. And we have we're putting more uh, we're putting videos of our conferences up mm -hmm. and we just about have all of them, including last year up on our website that people can watch uh, videos of the presentations. OK, that, and they're for free. They're not behind yes, the table. Yes, we have everything for free. Yeah, pretrib.org is what that says. Um, you, you've mentioned it to me just a couple months or so ago that you've had an increase in interest for your uh, conferences or speaking. People are asking prophecy questions. Right. Um, what kinds of questions are they asking? Well, they're, they're asking, <clears throat> you know, about what's the situation here in America, mm -hmm. you know, because we've had this amazing shift within one year hmm. to where uh, it looks like uh, Satan has taken over the country. Hmm. And uh, I guess in a lot, uh, big way he has. But, uh, you know, I've always believed that the Bible teaches that God's going to restrain the Antichrist until after the rapture. Hmm. So, uh, you know, and America has had 400 years of uh, freedom has been a lighthouse to the rest of the nations. Something like 75% of the missionaries still come from the United States. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think uh, most countries have become self-sufficient mm -hmm. so as far as missions goes. In other words, if, if America was shut off, uh, then most of them could do very well on their own. I heard a program recently that said <clears throat> we're, we're down to like only 133 languages that hasn't had the scripture translated into them. Mm. Out of what, 28,000 or something like right. that, 22, 24, something. Mm. It's amazing. A guy from a translation 
organization was pointing that out. Right. And uh, for example, a third of them are in China, and and the Chinese are taking care of that, huh. you know, themselves. And uh, so, it, you know, it seems to me that we could be near an end because historically, uh, there's always been a country once. Constantine Christianized the Roman Empire in 313 mm -hmm. uh, that Christianity has had a base in and then you know whether it's the uh, Carolingian Empire the you know uh, uh, Christian Empire for a thousand years uh, Britain the United States mm -hmm. other European countries and stuff <clears throat> and you're seeing a tremendous decline like in church attendance and things like that in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the last revival that we've had was the Jesus movement mm -hmm. uh, almost 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was from 68 to 75 in which a book written by a guy called God's Forever Family, Oxford Press, noted that 30% of North American hippies got saved uh, yeah. uh, during that time period. And of course, I was graduated from high school in 69. Yeah, I was going to say, that's part of your history. I was it? involved in a lot of that right. stuff, and uh, we haven't had a revival since. And yet, uh, when I took the course at Dallas Seminary under John Hanna, History of Revivalism, mm -hmm. every generation from 1607 has had some kind of revival. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like uh, mm -hmm. we're the last, we haven't had one mm -hmm. that I know of. We've, we've had some spurts here and there, but uh, it appears that it very well could be that God's finished getting ready to come back hmm. at the rapture. And that's just obviously speculation. So people are, are wondering if what we're seeing, whether it's the decrease of missionary activity or what you're describing in the culture, they're, they're tying it to prophecy and they're asking. Tommy, well, a lot of people want see? to know. Yeah, they, they're asking about mm -hmm. a lot of these kinds of things that have, that have happened. Hmm. There is a, an amazing... Uh, development of outreach ministries after World War II mm -hmm. by that generation. Mm -hmm. And uh, they started so many, you know, radio things. You know, on the other hand, you have uh, here here in Kansas City, uh, you have a, uh, a ministry that's called Sat7, mm -hmm. yep. Satellite yep. 7, and they have a satellite over the Arab countries. Huh. 23 countries and, and with Arabic programming, they have one channel that does, and uh, something like 90 something percent of people in the Middle East have satellite dishes and they can't block them. They, they can block for a short period of time, particular channel here and there, but uh, they have one channel that does nothing but preach the gospel. They have another channel that does nothing but teach the Old Testament. Hmm. Another channel that does nothing but teach the New Testament. Another channel that teaches, hmm. does nothing but teach theology. And another channel for the children. Hmm. And that has been a very popular channel in the, in the Middle East, SAT7. Hmm. So you're having perhaps a, a greater outreach in the area that is considered the least evangelized than, than a lot of people realize. And right. so you, you have a culmination of a lot of these efforts that have, you know, and, and I don't believe that, uh, you know, that passage in Matthew 24 is the gospel of the kingdom should be preached to mm -hmm. our right, world. Right. The right. Come. That's happened. That's referring to the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we could get into the book of Revelation that talks about how angels 
preach the gospel, you know, right in the midpoint of the truth, et cetera, plus normal evangelism, the 144,000. You know, the, I think that's what that's referring to, not the church age. But many missionary conferences over the years have have taken that, that they have, have an obligation during the church age to reach the entire world, mm-hmm. which in, in some ways has already been accomplished, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But obviously you never finish until right. you yeah. finish. Yeah, until the Lord comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not only a prophecy expert, you're a church history expert. Um, there are those that say prophecy has been fulfilled in history, 70 AD. How do you respond to them? Uh, yes, they might say Jesus' second coming is going to happen, but everything that we see in prophetic scriptures has already been fulfilled. Right. Well, you know, there's a whole spectrum of people called preterists. preterists That's right. the Latin word for uh, past. Past, all right. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> preterists believe that the book of Revelation, to varying degrees, depending on whether you're a mild preterist, mm-hmm. uh, a moderate preterist, or a full preterist, uh, full preterists believe that the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled and we're in not just a kingdom, but the new heavens and new earth. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And amazing for somebody to think that. Mm-hmm. How do you come back to them? Uh, well, say? Church history-wise, no, it couldn't have been. Well, and, and it has to be a, a it, interplay. It has to. The Book of Revelation for them had to have been written at least by AD sixty-five. Right, so there's marks. And you have, uh, I forget which church, uh, Smyrna, I think, hadn't even been founded, hmm. according to hmm. uh, Polycarp, <clears throat> by that time. Hmm. And we had a debate. We have it on our website. They watch Mark Hitchcock debating Hank Hennegraaff. Mark wrote his doctoral dissertation on this issue. And we tried to get Ken Gentry uh, to debate, who had written his doctoral dissertation, Mm -hmm. arguing for the early date of the Book of Revelation, but he wouldn't do it, interestingly enough. And, uh, but we ended up with Hank Hennegraaff, who got slaughtered, if I might say, and Mark mm-hmm. showed seven external reasons, in other words, from history, and mm-hmm. seven internal reasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of those, to me, the strong internal reason is that one of those churches had never, hadn't even been founded mm-hmm. by AD 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have three and a half years for what they consider the Great Tribulation after AD 65, mm-hmm. and then uh, the destruction of Jerusalem, right, they believe, 70. fulfills yeah. it. But yeah. we, even when you look at Matthew 24, which is one of their big passages, there's not a word about judgment in it hmm. uh, or destruction of Israel. Hmm. It's all future. It talks about Christ returning. Uh, in fact, uh, the phrase, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the entire world and the end shall come. No, I'm sorry, uh, false prophets, etc. And false messiahs, <clears throat> and according to church history, uh, Jesus is the first Jewish person to ever claim to be the Messiah. <laughs> and then you, it wasn't until 132 that Berkopta is the first mm-hmm. false messiah. And that revolt so, then? Yeah, the Berkopta revolt that led right. to the destruction of Jerusalem again. A lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah, right. Half a million Jews were killed by the Romans, and, yeah. and uh, they've flattened the city and salted it and piled for 200 years their dung mm-hmm. 
and refuse on the Temple Mount really? wow. in order for it not to ever be rebuilt again, they, they believed. And <clears throat> so, you know, you have things that, that it just won't work, but yet today uh, a lot of people want to be things like preterist or amillennial or postmillennial, mm-hmm. you know, and these kinds of things. And, and I think it just shows that idealism is stronger than reality. Yeah, it, sort of taking you to the other end of the continuum, you, you turn on media, Christian media, blogs, um, and there are those that are out there that are saying newspaper exegesis, perhaps, looking at the signs that they say, uh, prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes, some say. Um, what about them? Well, Should we not listen to them? Should we listen to them? What, what, well, prophecy that? is not being fulfilled. Hmm. other than the reestablishment of the nation of Israel, is in the process of being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Because the condition of Israel in the last days, you know, is not quite there yet. Uh, you know, Israel has to be a nation, which it, it became. Mm-hmm. You have Jerusalem has to be under control of the Jews during the tribulation, you know, if you, if you speculate. But many of the things they take, like from the Olivet Discourse, which... I think uh, totally refers to the tribulation period. I mm. think the, all of the discourse does not relate to what's going on today at all. Mm. And uh, one of the ways you can demonstrate that is almost everybody in our camp believes uh, the first uh, seal judgments in Revelation chapter six are in the tribulation. Mm-hmm. Well, you have an exact parallel between those things Christ mentioned in the all of the discourse you know, wars and rumors of wars, et cetera, right. uh, in the same order as the seal judgments. Oh. And I think that those both reflect the beginning of the tribulation. And there's there's no, uh, nothing related to the church age in the all the discourse. Mm-hmm. And so the rapture is first, inter- so the rapture is not in Matthew 24 or 25. And, and so many people taught that. Mm-hmm. Like during the Jesus movement, and a lot of churches still believe that. In fact, a book came out a few years ago against pre-tribulationalism. Two-thirds of the book, to me, was irrelevant because it talked about uh, answering things on the Olives Discourse. I agreed mm-hmm. with a lot of their criticisms. You know, uh, the rapture is not in the Olives. But a couple of days later, after the Olives Discourse, you had the Upper Room Discourse mm-hmm. in John 14. Actually, John 13 through 17, in which Christ, the night before he died, introduces the rapture in John 14, 1 through 3, about how he'll come and take us back to the Father's house. And everything that Christ talked about there, there's about a dozen topics. Everything he talked about was brand new church age truth, Mm -hmm. unlike the Olivet Discourse, you Mm -hmm. see. So the rapture is first introduced by Jesus in the upper room discourse. And then Paul, for example, uh, the first epistle he wrote was uh, Galatians related to the Jerusalem council. Mm -hmm. And then the next two were first and second Thessalonians in which he basically lays out the church's eschatology. And those are the most significant epistles relating to the rapture. Where he has first, you know, Thessalonians four, uh, an extensive thing, and one scholar has noted that there is a 
thought for thought pro uh, progression in for the rapture passage and and the <clears throat> Christ introducing of the rapture at, at eight points. In other words, it has the same exact parallel with thought John 14. Yes, with John 14, yeah. one through three. And uh, this person analyzed all other eschatological passages and you don't have mm -hmm. that anywhere else. So it, it's very clear to me that you have an expansion of what Christ introduces in the Upper Room Discourse in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 as uh, he iterates the, uh, the teaching of the preacher of rapture. Hmm. What about chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, where uh, you know we won't be caught unawares, uh, meaning we're not going to be surprised. Is that because we're going to be able to see things? And we're not being surprised what's Paul saying in chapter Well, five. he's talking about uh, there being a child of light versus a child mm -hmm. of darkness right. and how we're not asleep. We're aware of things that are going. So we're not going to be caught off guard. And because we're, we're, we're able to see the signs? <laughs> no, no. There, there are no signs for the rapture. Right. That's the whole point. The rapture is a signless event. Mm -hmm. When you uh, look, one of the first things I did when I started working for Tim LaHaye 30 years ago was I sat down and what are the passages in the New Testament right. that teach the rapture? And I put them on one side. And then I took passages, not all, but most relating to the second coming, which was taught in the Old Testament as well as in the New. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came up with like 15 differences between the rapture and the second coming. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at rapture passages, for example, there's no judgment language in them all, at all. Mm -hmm. But in the second coming, there's all kinds of blood and guts and judgment, you know, leading up there. And the rapture has no signs mm -hmm. preceding it. And that's why that logic, you know, in about eight or nine, ten passages is carried out in the New Testament epistles about how we're to always be ready. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know. Yeah. Walford, we both went to Dallas yes. Seminary. Walford used the illustration. Uh, I remember that, him saying it there. Well, was in, took a class with eschatology. Sure, with him. I did too. And, and he, uh, the basic class. Yes. And, and he said it's sort of like Christmas and Thanksgiving. Right. Where, you know, Thanksgiving is coming because you're seeing the signs of Christmas. Is that part of what these contemporary newspaper exegetes are seeing? Right. Is that true? What, what we're seeing is, yeah, in other words, to state his analogy right. is when you see the decorations for Christmas, you know Thanksgiving is near. Right. Meaning uh, when you see the signs for the tribulation, right. you know the rapture is near. Is that? Yeah, you, know? you see uh, posturing for what will happen after the rapture, which is right. the tribulation. And that is happening. And so in that sense, Israel's back in the land. And I coined a term years ago called the super sign of the end times, Israel. Mm -hmm. They're back in the land. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, they have to be in the land for the events of the tribulation to mm -hmm. occur, which mm -hmm. start after the rapture. Uh, Jerusalem's under their control. It, you know, they lost it in 48. They gained it in 67. I mean, even today. Jerusalem is a big controversy, you know, and the Old Testament talks about it being a stumbling stone right. or somebody get a big hernia trying to deal with uh, <laughs> Jerusalem, you see, in Zechariah. But uh, so you see the stage being set. For example, 
uh, hundred years ago, you had the beginning of the breakup of the Ottoman of the Islamic Empire mm -hmm. in, back into nation states, mm -hmm. uh, which those nations are going to play a role in Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. Whereas before that, for a thousand years, you had the Islamic empires. Right, right. They're, they're, they're the, you know, they had all part of a single empire, the same with Christendom, you see, and, and you have things like that developing, which you would expect if the scenario of what happens after the rapture is going to take place. You have uh, preparation for the battle of Gog and Magog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's probably going to happen after the rapture, but before the tribulation, and there could be an interval of, I think a number of years hmm. after the rapture, which ends the church age. But, the signing of the covenant between the revived Roman Empire, which is going to be European, and uh, Israel is what starts the tribulation. Yeah. And so we see posturing moving in that direction. But at the same time, the, uh, the Lord has promised that he's going to restrain Satan. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the Antichrist from coming on the scene during the church age. Hmm. So there's all kinds of preparations, and people have always tried to say so-and-so is going to be the Antichrist and all that. Well, we, we have no idea who that's going to be. Uh, he, he, he's going to be there because he's being restrained. And there's probably been a million different people down through church history that had many of the character qualities of the Antichrist. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, it, the timing wasn't there and all of these other things. Yeah, I'm assuming you're, you're raising up a lot of questions that our listeners might have that I have that we'd want answers for. Uh, on your website, there is a search yes. box search that you can engine. go for and, and find articles that would address these. Yes. Some of them are historical articles, meaning there was a specific question a number of years ago somebody asked about uh, – you know, a specific person, could they be the Antichrist? You address those, right. but then you have other articles that are a little I older. think starting about 15 years ago, we started videoing our yeah. comp. So we have like 15 years of, uh, of video speakers, you know, hmm. each session an hour and a half roughly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, banquets, speakers, and all these other kinds of right. things. We've right. had all kinds of interesting people. Yeah from prophecy land, uh, you know, that had come and been at our conference. Right, right. And, and I've also noticed you can not only search by uh, wording in the article, but also by the author. Yes. Uh, somebody. So you can go by a name if you know of someone specifically that uh, Tommy has put right. the material out there. What, what, I, let's just see if we can summarize in a way. If, if people are studying prophecy, what, what, what is either the one or a couple of the, most blatant, um, I don't know if I want to use the word error, because it's good that people are studying God's word, and that's not an mm -hmm. error. But yet, one of the big trips that we get ourselves uh, knocked over, or, or you know, we're, we're going in the wrong direction. Um, as you've heard people wanting to study prophecy through the years, where do we go wrong? Well, I, I think the biggest area is related to Matthew 24. Hmm. Whether you're preterists who think it's already been fulfilled. So that's a fundamental question to answer. And answer. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, you know, or you're a dispensationalist who thinks Matthew 24 <clears throat> applies to the church age in some way. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, so that is probably the biggest mistake, in my opinion. Hmm. Uh, but since we've started the pre-trib 
study group that meets every year. This will be our 30th uh, annual meeting this year. Here's our, always do a brochure. You know, here's a brochure. Mm -hmm. Is this for uh, next year? Yes, the coming year, December. And, oh, this coming December, yes, 2021. This coming December. December 20, 6th to 8th. Yes. And uh, so th this shows you who our speakers are going to be and things like this. Uh, and where it's going to be. And they can go to www.pre-trib.org if they're interested in, and look at the Pre-trib. Yeah, there's a hyphen in between pre-trib.org. Pre yeah. yeah, and like I said, we have all these articles yeah, that's your uh, and, and videos. we have videos of presentations. We have uh, a, a couple of debates mm -hmm. on there. Uh, for example, we have Mark Hitchcock's doctoral dissertation on the date of the Book of Revelation, right. which is an important issue, if, especially if you're a preterist or mm -hmm. some other view, you see. Sounds like a foundational one. You, you've written uh, your most recent book that's published, you said you have another one that's in process yeah. here, The Case for Zionism, Why Christians Should Support Israel. Um, what's your point? What do you, why should we support Israel? What do you, it's, a, it's a study of history about Israel. Well, it, at the beginning, it, it's, it's exegetical. In other words, it's showing, going all the way back to Genesis and especially Deuteronomy. Hmm. Uh, you have the Abrahamic covenant repeated 20 times hmm. in Genesis alone. Uh, 20 times the Abrahamic hmm. covenant, meaning, you know, that he's going to give a, a, a seed, a, a land, and a, a, be a worldwide blessing. Right. And then you go to like Deuteronomy, it's repeated 38, I mean, 58 times hmm. uh, references to the Davidic covenant. And then you go and you expand beyond that, and every prophecy, prophetic book in the Old Testament <laughs> talks about a future for Israel, future to Erdei, except for Jonah. Hmm. And uh, then the Psalms have all kinds of prophetic stuff relating to Israel in the future. Hmm. And, uh, you know, there's nowhere, and you have to not take those literally yeah, that's to, the other question. To dismiss yeah. those. When, I, when we talk about literal, we're saying Israel means Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, And not the church. Not the church, not the yeah. Church. That's what they do. They come in and read the church in. Right. And the church is said in the New Testament to be a mystery hidden from mm -hmm. ages past. There are four major passages in the New Testament that talk about that, that mm -hmm. the church was not revealed in, in previous times, in other words, in the Old Testament. And it, and it was always part of God's plan. It's not that God's going from plan A to plan B. God never has plan Bs. He's only got plan A's, you know, that he, mm -hmm. he, he always accomplishes what he wants to do. But that the, the word mystery in those contexts simply means a secret or something that was hidden. Mm -hmm. So God hid that for whatever reasons. And now in the New Testament, especially in the Pauline epistles, but others as well, He's revealing the purpose of the church age, which is the Great Commission, you know, mm -hmm. which is given five times at the end of each gospel, as well as beginning in the book of Acts, mm -hmm. to preach the gospel and make disciples. That's the mission of the church, right, not right. to reform culture or society. Uh, that may or may not happen in the process, 
Yeah, but but your subtitle here says uh, why Christians should support Israel. Well, um, there's a sense in which we've heard people say through the years, when you under, want to understand the Bible, look for Jesus. All right, that <laughs> you have to deal with proper exegesis to understand that and use right. that correctly. It, it sounds like though you're saying, in a sense, when you look at the Bible, when you look at history, look for Israel. Well. Obviously, Jesus is, is super, you know, I would put him number one, right. uh, but the, the nation of Israel, which is God's nation, mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't chosen any other people. Uh, you know, you have passages that people quote today, like Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then while I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin. They apply that to America, yeah. which you look at the context surrounding it, something like, uh, a dozen times it says, my people, Israel, right, you know, in the right. context. And and the passage they're quoting from uh, is Solomon is about to dedicate the temple the next day, and he goes in it the night before, and he has to leave because the Shekinah glory is so heavy hmm. that he uh, has to leave the, the temple, and God tells him, my people, you know, in other words, uh, if, if, if you people will obey me, then you're going to be blessed right. and everything. And, and it's not for America. It wasn't given to America. Context limits the meaning of passages okay. and, rest okay. and it restricts it. But there are passages about uh, Gentiles from other places. You know, if you follow the Lord, et cetera, he'll bless you right. and things. But I, I just remember, you know, I was on staff at Campus Crusade in the mid-70s, and I remember hearing that all the time back in those days and uh, re you know later realizing that that passage was taken out especially on the fourth of july they yes. love to quote everybody loves to quote right. that passage but and i and i'm not i don't want to go to seed on this mm -hmm. but uh, it's just an example of how you have to take the bible take it in context mm -hmm. and people pull these things out without realizing you know that it's written to israel and stuff we have uh, we have over 800 promises to claim within the context of the New Testament epistles. Mm -hmm. I, somebody, I know a guy that figured that out one mm -hmm. time. And we don't need to claim the Mosaic law because we're not under the Mosaic law mm -hmm. and Israel's promises and all of this. We have plenty of blessings and promises as New Testament believers within the framework of the church mm -hmm. that God's given us for this age and dispensation. Thanks for joining us for part one of my conversation with Dr. Tommy Ice. Join us next week as we continue that conversation about eschatology, God's prophetic timetable, and world events. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.